and welcome back spooky people i am miranda and this is that spooky life and i'm glad that you've decided to join us this week if you're new around here i hope you're living your spookiest life possible and let's dive right in to our spooky stories today now my spooky story for the week is actually a collection of experiences because just before I started recording and trying to figure out what topic and story I was going to share, I was poked by a friend who lives around the Louisiana area. And I decided that today I was going to check off my collection of individual experiences in and around. New Orleans, because I personally have never lived outside of Georgia. And while I love living here for the most part in 90% of my time, and I don't always agree with everything in the state, I personally adore Atlanta, Northwest Georgia, where I've grown up. There's a lot of things in this state that I adore. And I don't know if I'll ever move. I might. We'll see. I never know where the road may take. But if I do dig up roots and tarry, I'll tell you that New Orleans is probably at the top of my list of where I would go. I fell in love with that city before I ever went. So I figured one of two things was going to happen the first time I went there. Either the rose-colored glasses were going to come off and I was going to be a little disappointed and see it for what it actually was, or it would meet and exceed my expectations. And let me tell you, every time I have been over the course of my life, which has been numerous times at this point, each time that beautiful city meets and exceeds my expectations, I leave wondering when I'm going to come back again. To be perfectly blunt, the entire city is haunted. There are... There are disembodied ghostly, spirity things everywhere. And it is unlike any other city that I've ever visited in that if I see someone go around a corner and then turn the corner myself and no longer see them, I don't know if they stepped into a hole-in-the-wall pub that I just don't see them in. Or if they were not actually there, it's one of the few places that my perceptions have a hard time telling the living from the dead, which is not common for me. Additionally, I stated to a friend once when we were there that if magic existed one place left in the United States, it was New Orleans. There is a reverence for history and culture and old practices that some are still practiced there. And in every shop in some sort of way, you see respect and offerings and acknowledgement of the beautifully magical ways that New Orleans has grown into what it is today. The mishmashes of culture and history and the salt of the earth people who actually keep the city up and running. And of course, my favorite, my favorite area and the one that I am mostly referring to when I say this is the French Quarter, because I could spend a week in New Orleans and never leave the French Quarter. 
there's other things there. It's a beautiful city in many areas, and a lot of areas are still recovering from the many tragedies, you know, Katrina, things like that, that have happened. But I've never been somewhere in NOLA that I did not have some sort of affection for. The graveyards, I've been to numerous concerts there that were not in the French Quarter. Downtown uh, is lovely at night. Um, Also, some really messed up things have happened. I was there around Halloween one year, and about a block away from where I was when we decided to go home, apparently at the same time, someone was being shot over a football game. And that's just the reality of New Orleans. It's the rose-colored glasses have gone away. But what was left in place of the rose-colored glasses was an honest, realistic sense of wonder, caution, fun, and an ever-present desire to go back as soon as I leave. Now, the most recent time that I was in New Orleans was... I want to say 2015, 2016. And I stayed with my bestie at the Inn on St. Anne's. And that is an absolutely beautiful hotel. And we had an amazing time. We only stayed overnight. We spent two days in the French Quarter, but we only stayed one night because we were technically on our way through. But I had never stayed there before and is a very old hotel. And when I tell you that you hear voices and you see people that may or may not actually be physical, when you're walking down a hallway, when you're sitting outside smoking a cigarette on a shared porch area, We had a wonderful conversation with some businessmen from out of state as well, but we were all sitting there talking and we heard voices and we figured somebody else had come out and being the generous gentlemen that they were, they looked up to see if they could offer anybody else a seat and to share their beverages and join what was becoming sort of an impromptu hotel block party. And we heard the voices and there were no, no people to be making voices. So we figured, of course, it must be from the street outside or probably a balcony above. And we looked and there there were no balconies above where we were. So it had to have been an echo from the street. And we went back to our conversation. I was sitting with my back to a wall so that I could see the, the whole patio area. And we continued our conversation. And then the lot of us heard, hey, And we looked up and I kid you not that this voice came from directly beside me as if somebody had walked up and was going to ask me for a light for their cigarette or if they might be able to join us. And I looked up with a smile on my face to answer a question and there was no one there. And normally I would pause, take a beat, probably finish my cigarette and go back inside But I had witnesses, and they had heard it too. And it was not an echo from the street. It was as if someone had been standing right next to me, and we all heard it. 
paused, and then one of the gentlemen shrugged and said, Well, that's New Orleans, I suppose. We laughed and went back to our conversation, but we left an unsmoked cigarette and a glass of, well, a finger of untouched scotch out, left it out overnight, so that just in case somebody was wanting to join us, they had something that they could partake. Additionally, on that trip, we, of course, the first thing we went to do was to go get something to drink and window shop and just walk around the French Quarter and reacquaint ourselves with Miss Nola herself. And standing in line for beverages, my bestie and I were waiting our turn. There were a few people in front of us. It wasn't terribly busy because it was still work hours during the day and it was an off season. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't a holiday. It was in the summer, so it was very warm. And we're debating what we want, waiting in line, and I turn and look. And the reason that I had turned to look is because I was getting that weird tingling sensation when you feel like you're being watched for a moment. And I look and make eye contact with this woman across the street. And this woman was staring at me. And before I even have a chance to raise an eyebrow, she lifts her finger and wiggles it in the come here motion. I watched this for a second because this is the shit that happens in movies. This doesn't happen in real life. And I nodded to her once curtly. And then I turned to my bestie and I said, fuck. And she was like, what? I was like, the psychic across the street is summoning me. And she was like, uh, we don't have to go over there. And I was like, no, this is New Orleans. One of two things is going to happen. We're either going to get over there and she's going to be a con artist, fraud, because hello, you know me, the witchiness, the psychic vampiriness. I believe that I will be able to tell. Or she's going to be completely legit and has something that one of us needs to know. And my best friend looked at me and was like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. So we got our beverages, took our time, no rush, and crossed the street. And she looked at me directly and said, where's your crystal? And I was like, excuse me. I was braced for it. I was braced for the con artist, like, here, let me sell you a crystal, some shit like that. And I was like, oh, God. I was like, excuse me. She was like, someone of your abilities should not be walking around the French Quarter without extra protection why are you not spiritually loaded for bear it's not often that people call me out on bullshit like that and i thought to myself i literally the the crystal that i had been wearing on a necklace specifically quartz specifically to help boost shields and protections i had taken off and left at the hotel because the cord on which i wore it was damp and sweaty and I had wiped it down because it was kind of stinky because it was really hot in the summertime and I narrowed my eyes at her and I was like okay I'll play along I'll see how this goes and I said it's back at the hotel and she was like were you aware that you had things following you and I was like yes I'm aware that things are following me this is New Orleans and I'm a psychic and she was like you need to be careful and I was like, okay, I will wear my crystal next time I go back to the hotel room. And then she looked at my bestie and she was like, 
I would like to give the two of you a reading. And I said, bless you, honey. I appreciate that. But we are just staying for the evening. We were not loaded for being able to pay for anything more than a few drinks in our hotel. And she said, you misunderstand me. I would like to give you tarot readings. Key phrase here being, give you. Because I feel that that is what I need to do. And I'm sitting here going, okay. So she obviously has intuition. She obviously has no problem talking about it. And I was braced to be conned. But now she has already given me some free advice, her opinion. And is now offering me a free version of the service that she is sitting here being paid for. All right, well, if it's a con, it's a good one. Let's see where this goes. And we sat down and we had our cards read. And she was very good. And she was very accurate. There were some things that did not match up. And it's not one of those where I rationalized them away as a believer. After the fact, even a couple of years after the fact, things would happen. Something would strike me and I would go, oh, this is what she meant. There was no way any of us sitting there could have known. We sat and talked to this woman for two and a half hours. Our readings didn't take that long. We met her charming husband, who was apparently actually Romani descendant, so he claimed, and had the single most oldest beat up tarot deck that was the dragon deck that he called it that was his like great-grandmother's and i she actually let me hold it for a minute so that i could feel it and that thing vibrated power if i've ever had an artifact in my hand in my life i will tell you right now that tarot deck was an artifact because good night that was a heck of a thing to be able to hold and after that We went back to the hotel room and changed and took a shower, I think. And I put on my crystal because I was like, yeah, it's not bad advice. She lives here. Better safe than sorry. And we actually ended up passing back by her, talked again for a little bit, and then ended up having a drink with her after her, quote, shift ended, basically. And it was a really good time, even if it ended up being the best con I have ever seen in my life. It was a good time. I have seen in New Orleans faces in windows, people walking by darkened doorways that were not actually there. I have felt the presence of old, powerful, very self-aware, and very motivated spirits in that beautiful city. And... I can honestly say there is no other place like it in the world. I've been a lot of places and I've been a lot of places that I love and want to go back to. But the first time somebody asks me where I want to go over a weekend, New Orleans is always in the top of that list. And if you've never been, personally, I recommend avoiding Mardi Gras at all costs. I recommend not going in the summertime if you value your comfort, but if you like hot weather, definitely go in the summertime. My favorite time of year is potentially 
to no one's surprise, the spookiest time of year and the spookiest time to be in New Orleans is Halloween. It is busy. Everyone is wearing costumes, but it's not the shoulder-to-shoulder sardine can that Mardi Gras is. Halloween in New Orleans is what people who don't know any better want Mardi Gras to be. And you have people of all walks of life, all stripes, all colors, all shapes, all sizes, and everyone is there to basically do adult trick-or-treating, wear a costume, sing a karaoke song, go on a ghost tour, and sleep really well. Or not, if you prefer. I definitely love New Orleans in the fall. And, you know, the thinner the veil, the more spooky the experience, uh, the better the time I've had, personally. But I suppose the summary of my personal story for the week is the most haunted place I have ever been is New Orleans, Louisiana, and I cannot wait to go back. And that is my story for the week. Adventures in Time and Space In 2013, it all began. Well, it got serialized in 2017. How they got to space, you'll just have to listen to find out. Bastards of the Universe is an entertainment and nostalgia podcast with a hint of space opera and a happy helping of good old-fashioned comedy cheese. Join the crew's many misadventures, like malfunctioning teleporters, and a number of soiled pants, as they attempt to fulfill all of your nostalgia, review, and space-faring needs. Bastards of the Universe is available on Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple Casts. Pick your favorite platform and check it out. If you like what you hear, tell them you were sent from the spooky side. That should freak them out. Our listener story for the week comes from friend of the show, Meg. And I got the clear to tell this story because the first time I ever heard it, I laughed so hard. And I didn't laugh necessarily because I was laughing at the, uh, the turmoil of a friend, but instead because this particular friend is an excellent storyteller and her timing and the way that she presents the information are just one of my favorite things to listen to. So I am hoping today that I will do her tale even an iota of justice to share with you all because I have her permission and I want to share with you one of my favorite spooky stories I have ever learned. So a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, my friend went to a particularly old and prestigious college in which some of the buildings were over 200 years old. And one in particular was very well known for being pretty haunted, which is not surprising since so much of it is made of stone if you put any weight into the stone tape theory. And a lot of people who went there did because it did in fact seem to be a tad more actively haunted and spooky than many of the other buildings specifically in that area of the campus. It was not the only building there that was haunted, 
I personally have experiences that were in an old church and the, the chapel that's actually on the campus, in addition to the theater that's on the campus, a semi-black box theater that the workshop area, you would see people go from room to room or hear voices of folks that weren't actually there. However, this particular building, I will say, is one of the most well-known for its spookiness. And apparently, at the time, many students were required to have jobs. I I believe actually all students were required to actually have a job and work for things on campus. So Meg was on the cleaning staff at the time, and another acquaintance was as well. And apparently this acquaintance had been talking about stories and rumors and things that they had heard about some rat demon that was known to be seen in the shadows or glimpsed in this particular building, which of course happened to be the building that they were cleaning. And the story was that it would scurry from shadow to shadow and jump out and scare people, and no one knew its purpose, and the acquaintance was very nervous and kinetic and kind of spooked out by it, so that tended to translate into the way that they told the story, from what I understand. And while Meg is not one to easily scare, it was one of those nights that everything seemed to be watching from the shadows and she was tired it was late and it was time to go once she cleaned up and as the last person out of the building she came out closed the door behind her and turned to see the rat demon there across the sidewalk directly less than two feet in front of her The rat demon looked up from the ground and hissed at her. And she, in one movement, attempted to jump in all directions at once. Front, back, left, right, and up. And only succeeded in jumping about an inch off the ground and not going anywhere. At which point... She took a good solid look at this horribly frightening rat demon and realized that it was a possum, that it was a possum. And it was a possum who was approximately as startled by her as she was by it. At which point it went toddling off into the bushes away from her, never to be seen from again, and she was able to continue in the wake of the rat demon to her car and never have to worry about that again. Personally, the idea of telling these stories about, oh, particularly this giant, scary, shadowy rat demon that scurries around and no one knows what it wants and, oh, ooky spooky. And then to come outside and see what for all the world looks like a very large, oversized rat that doesn't give you a heartbeat before it hisses at you, I would probably feel my soul leave my body briefly as well. So while I find it terribly amusing now, and have ever since this story has been told, because of course I didn't find out about it until years after it happened, I can imagine that that is fairly terrifying in the moment. 
And I would like to thank Meg for letting me share this story. I appreciate you deeply, and I am so glad that I could bring this tale. Not a rat tale, not a possum tale, but a spooky tale. And that is our listener story for the week. Our witchy tip for the day comes in the form of some informational sharing and more of a blessing. We've had a lot of hard times in the world of late, and it looks like it will be continuing into the foreseeable future for right now. But there are a lot of things that we have all taken to. I've heard wonderful things from friends. I've heard wonderful stories from coworkers. I've seen uplifting stories online. And there was the tarot reading that we did not terribly long ago that said that we were going to achieve a new sense of equilibrium and find new ways to be creative and live our lives, even within safety precautions and things like that. So upcoming on August 1st, which is next week, there's the traditional celebration of Lunasa, which is an old ancient Celtic festival said to have been started by the god Lu himself in honor of his late mother who died to clear the fields of Ireland. And it was a celebration of the harvest and kind of like an Olympic Games. They would get together and have ritual sports and a feast of celebration. And I imagine it to be just Basically, the old school pagan equivalent of a super awesome barbecue, backyard barbecue. However, it has become a celebration of the harvest and the sort the last, it is supposed to be a fortuitous time for hand fastings and there's matchmaking and gifts exchanged and trade happening amongst all of the the games and things like that that are going on. There's a wide variety and very different shapes that come to many people's Lunasa celebrations or based festival style celebrations nowadays. Some attempt to emulate the historical festival as much as possible, while others base their celebrations on many sources, the Gaelic festival only being one of them. I've also seen the this particular holiday in the Wheel of the Year called Lamas, and it is traditionally held on August 1st, though sometimes it is the Sunday closest to that date, and between Midsummer and Maybon. From the illustrious Wikipedia, lol, a solemn cutting of the first corn, of which an offering would be made to the deity by bringing it up to a high place and burying it, a meal of new food and bilberries of which everyone must partake, a sacrifice of a sacred bull, a feast of its flesh, with some ceremony involving its hide and its replacement by a young bull, a ritual dance play perhaps telling the struggle for a goddess and a ritual fight, an installation of a carved stone head atop the hill and triumphing over an actor impersonating Lou, another play representing the confinement by Lou of the monster of blight or famine, and a three-day celebration presided over by the brilliant young god himself or his human representative. Finally, a ceremony indicating that the interregnum was over and the chief god in his rightful place again. So that is one of the older 
uh, 18th century to mid 20th century, many accounts of the customs were recorded. That's a generalized overview. But it's a time to take stock of the harvest and give thanks for what we have worked for over the summer and is one of the tipping points towards the darker time of the year and preparing for winter and things like that. And I know that we have a wide variation of lovely spooky people who listen. And I basically wanted to say whether you celebrate Lunasa or whether it's just August 1st for you, I think it is a good time of the year as we pick our tomatoes and peppers and are starting to collect seeds and looking at how far we've come this year. All of the hard work and all of the good practices, necessary practices, new practices that we have put in place and how life has had to change. It's a time to look at what it has brought us. Look at the fruits of our labors and be grateful and thankful for the good things. It's not all been great. It's not all been easy. A lot of it's been very hard, but so is gardening. And so is sowing and reaping the fields, as it were, both physically and metaphorically. I hope that over this next week, you can find at least one to three things that is new for you this year, that you have worked hard on and seen a good return. And be thankful for it be it to whatever spiritual being you believe in, or just yourself. Know that your time, your effort, your energy has been put into something that you now have tangible results for. And much like self-care and actually putting in that work is important, it's also important to congratulate yourself and take a moment to celebrate and take a moment to go, I did this. This is a thing that I did, and I have results for it. And personally, I'm going to take a moment, enjoy this tomato sandwich from the tomatoes from my garden, or enjoy this moment of peace that I have brought myself through my actions and my work to this point. And I'm going to acknowledge it for what it is, and I'm going to acknowledge myself for having put that time in so that I may reap these benefits. And that is my witchy tip for the week. I would like to thank Meg for allowing me to use her hilarious and wonderful uh, spooky rat demon story. And if you have a story that you would like to submit to the, the podcast, please send it to thatspookylifepodcast at gmail.com or reach out to me on Instagram at thatspookylifepodcast. I love reading and hearing y'all's stories, and I love turning around and sharing them. There is no such thing as ever having too many, so if you want to send me three, please do. If you only have one spooky story to share, I would love to share it and read it to our spooky listeners. Until next week, I hope that you all have a safe and happy August, last week of July. 
to those who tune in weekly, we appreciate you and we see you. And I am glad that you are here with me each Friday. And until next Friday, do not forget, my dear friends, to keep living that spooky life. Bye.